Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them Cowboys? Yeah! 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 How about tripping? How about tripping in the NFL? How about that? Tuesday, November 26th, it is Thanksgiving week. Welcome into Huddle Up Podcast. We are live here tonight on a Tuesday night. We have tons to talk about, including a change at the top. Ravens are on top, and happy Thanksgiving. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and likes, so why not add decor that reflects your sports, movie, and TV fandom? Alicia's Pillows and Things is your hookup. They feature pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with all your favorite teams and characters. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. Make sure you're following along with us on our social media pages at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. If you're already there for the live video, just give the page a like. Give the video a like. Get as many people in here and discussing with us as possible. You can follow me at Big Jim Sports and you can follow Dave on Twitter at Huddle Up Dave. Speaking of Dave, let's get him in here on the line with us. Dave, how are we doing this week, bud? Jim, we're doing pretty well. Uh, first and foremost, happy Thanksgiving to all our uh, loyal posse here. It's uh, good to good to have everyone on. And uh, one of our uh, favorite holidays for you and I to keep our uh, nice roundish figure going. Yeah, absolutely is the truth. It is the best one because I get to be in one place. I get to watch a lot of football and I get to eat a lot of food. So, there is absolutely zero wrong with uh, with Thanksgiving. So uh, if you are joining us live, we appreciate that. If you are joining us on demand, we appreciate that as well. Interact with us live here and uh, leave some comments and we'll uh, get to them. So Dave, obviously uh, this past weekend in college football, um, the biggest shakeup, uh, of course, came in the form of Oregon losing. Um 
getting Utah potentially lining up to uh, to find their way into a college football playoff. And I know that was something that in the preseason you were uh, you were well ahead of the game uh, on that one. So I'm sure you will remind me of that at, at all costs if they uh, if they do find their way in. And we'll get to the rankings here in a minute. Um, but then, of course, we saw Ohio State defeat Penn State in a close one. Um, I, I think a lot of people surprised by how close that game was, especially considering the quarterback situation at Penn State. Uh, Georgia, a near, uh, a near, nearly blew it against Texas A and M. Um, so, really, when, when we when we look at that, Dave, and, and with teams either formally or currently still in. Um, the top ten and and the ones that had the scares or or losses, which which one, if any, was the most surprising to you this past weekend? That's a that's a loaded question there. Um, the the Georgia one doesn't surprise me at all because Georgia really just has to get by until uh, LSU, and that really determines their season. Um, I, I think the the clear cut most surprising one has to be Oregon going down. Um, that. No, that's just uh, completely a, a shock considering they were 14 or 15 point favorites, I think. Um, and, and quite frankly, I, I have some serious concerns on what happens if uh, Oregon or if Utah does beat Oregon, if they get in, because that Oregon win is now not going to look nearly as good. Um, so the best thing that could happen for Oregon ticket holders is that uh, Alabama gets beat by Auburn this weekend. Um, do like Auburn plus four at the moment. A lot of time left in that, but uh, do like Auburn plus four. And then um, LSU obviously takes care of Georgia. That's number one on the, the docket. If you're if you're Oregon, if you're Alabama, if you're Oklahoma. Um, side note: I think those are the only three teams that have a realistic path to the um, to the college football playoff. And I don't even think Oklahoma's path is that good. However, uh, if some things happen, I think they have life. Uh, but I think that that's what really has to happen. And, uh, um, I, I mean, I think Utah just has to keep winning out. And it, it, what do you do if you have Utah as a conference champion and Alabama sitting there at number five? Does that win over Oregon on a neutral site do enough to jump you over Alabama? Um, obviously, monetarily speaking, I hope so. But um, realistically speaking, I don't know if it does. And I think it would be super interesting in your uh, – your first playoff game to have LSU, a uh, pretty stout offense, go against Utah, who should be able to slow them down. And they should be able to score against LSU, I would think, too. So um, that would be quite an interesting matchup. Yeah, I, for for me, you know, I look at from this past weekend, uh, and I'll touch that in a second, but in, in your scenario, um, you know, I, I, I still tend to lean – Utah, because you know, if Alabama would finish eleven and one, get by Auburn this weekend, that that would be a then eight and four in the regular season Auburn team. And um, you know, I know, and, and you know, I I just don't, I just don't think you can put them in there. Um, I guess it does depend how Alabama looks this week, but like I think you have to have some value in that conference championship. Like if they, if that's the thing that they've they've you know, at least at times, and I know we, we've seen it go the other way too. Um, you know, in 2016, for example, but you you have to, at some point, you know, I think give the edge to, uh, you know, to to Auburn there or to to uh, Utah there. Um, in terms of this past weekend, 
you know, I think one of the the, the, the most surprising things that stuck out to me in, in all of uh, in all of college football was was Ohio State. You know, because because all year the 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 story was just how good and how dominant um, they were, and the, the the competition hadn't been there. And then you know they played Wisconsin and, and they looked great. Um, but then, you know, this past week and they get again, they get against a Penn state team that of course lost to Minnesota. And, you know, the, 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 the question really was, you know, what, what is this game to look like? Because I think the agreement was, it was the best matchup up to this point on, on both teams schedules and Ohio state jumped right out and, and scored like right away. And it's like, wow, they are going to be off to the races. And then they started making mistakes, and Penn State hung in there. And, you know, with a good defense, they 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 kind of baffled the Buckeyes a little bit. Um, and they get into a situation where you have to go to your backup quarterback for the Nittany Lions, and they still um were in play very late in that game. So um I'm not I'm not saying that Ohio State's not the best team in the country. Um they they did come in. You know, at number one in the in the college football playoff rankings this week, and when you go week to week, when you have a team that beats the formerly what was Penn State seven or eight last week, you know, I think you have to give them the nod and put them at number one. But I, I don't know if they are a true quote unquote number one team right now, and you know that that to me from this past weekend, Dave was super interesting in the broad in the broad scheme of this entire college football season. Yeah, so I, I definitely want to touch on that a little bit. And I think, uh, you know, we I talk about these box score frauds every week. And the Penn State-Ohio State game is a perfect example of that. Um, Ohio State dominated the hell out of this game. Uh, they they should have had seven more points because they fumbled on the, the two-inch line or whatever into the end zone right. that Penn State recovered. Um, and Penn State scored like, 14 points based on two Ohio State whoopsies in like a 45-second span. And I think, um, and again, I'm, I don't want to say a different point of view here, but uh, you, you take that two minutes out and that fumble out, and this game very easily is, is 42-7, something like that. The other thing is I think that the backup quarterback um, for Penn State being more of a runner really threw out Ohio State a little bit because it wasn't something that you prepare for. Um, so again, not, not siding with Ohio state or anything, but I think that that final score is a very, very misleading, misleading item. However, I think, uh, I I think it it shows kind of a realistic picture on where Ohio state is that, uh, personally, I think they're the third best team in the country. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I think that they're the third best team, maybe even the fourth best team. So, um, taking that into consideration, I, I, I think that they're about what we thought they were. Um, and you look at the box score and the total yards, and how the hell did I not cover Ohio State minus thirteen? <laughs> well, and the thing too, Dave, and you, you talked about you know just being kind of a, a couple of minutes of difference um, in in that game between Ohio State being dominant and and kind of blowing the game out, and uh, it being close, and Penn State even being in play potentially for a win. But you know, how many times in a season have we seen you know two or three minutes really just just change? The entire landscape of a game, and and I, I look at um, my my high school alma mater was in the the district semifinals a couple weeks ago, uh, and it was the, the first time they made it there, and they were up, um, I think they were up two scores, 
and they were driving for a third that would have uh, been at the end of the first half. They would have gotten the ball at the second half. Everything was going their way. They turned the ball over. They gave up uh, their only uh, the, the only completed pass against them in the entire first half went like 50-plus yards um, for a touchdown on blown coverage, and the, my, my high school Warwick didn't score again. Um, and, and I get like high school and college is a little bit different, but you know, we have seen one or two plays, a couple of minutes, a series here, a series there absolutely change the entire course, tempo and pattern of a, of a football game. So, you know, if, if, if I'm Ohio state, you know, that that's the biggest thing that you need to clean up going into this Saturday. And because there, there is potential there for trouble and, and, is Ohio State number one? I don't know. Is LSU? I don't know. Um, they're they're going to keep bouncing around wrong, as long as wrong. they win. Yeah, I know you believe in Clemson. I, I like. I know that you keep hammering the Clemson thing, but and again, they might be Dave. But when you when you play, uh, you know, St. Mary Catherine School for the Blind and uh, you know East Chattanooga West State. Uh, you know, you're you're not you're not going to prove to me that that you are the number one team in the country. Like, and 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 when you don't look dominant against a weak schedule, you're not going to prove to me you're number one. If they go through and they win win the playoff, then I'll then I'll gladly sit here and admit that I'm wrong or was wrong. But I, you know, I I just I haven't I haven't seen from Clemson what you know, what I thought I was going to get out of Clemson after last college football playoff. You want to know how I know that they're going to win the national title? Because I said they won't? Because Dave has futures on LSU. The only futures I have so far in college football this year, LSU, Ohio State, Georgia, (laughs) Alabama, and Utah. (laughs) Uh, So you screwed us all is what you're saying. Um Right, they, oh, it's a very good position to be because I have four, four and a half to one on LSU and everything else is 10 to one or better. So um, we'll be okay. We'll make, we'll make some nice money. It's just a question of, is it going to be almost a five figure <laughs> return on Clemson or not, or not Clemson, uh, Utah or not. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's look at the college football playoff rankings. Of course, that came out uh, earlier tonight, Ohio state one LSU in at two Clemson three Georgia four. So no change there. Alabama five, uh, Utah comes in at six this week, seven, Oklahoma, eight, uh, Minnesota, who has a big matchup this week, Baylor, Penn state round out, uh, the top 10. Um, I, 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 I still think that Penn state's valued too high, uh, number 10, but with, with, with a week to week ranking, when, when you, uh, you know, put a little bit of scare, at least box score, as you say, um, you know, on the, the now number one team, I guess you kind of have to give them a little bit of value. Um, I don't, I don't think there's anything shocking here, you know, obviously from 11 to 25, um, are basically irrelevant at this point. Um, you know, barring outcomes this weekend, I I don't think there's anything shocking in the top 10. No, I don't think so either. And I mean, I think it's, uh, I, I, again, I think my concern is, is with Utah is do they have enough if they win out beating Oregon to jump Alabama, should everything, um, quote unquote, remain status quo. Um, the the real wrench that gets thrown into things is what happens if uh, if one of your top three teams go down. Um, and I mean, not only uh, LSU Georgia, but what happens if Michigan shows up 
uh, against Ohio State, which is it possible? Yes. Uh, Michigan's been playing some pretty good football, but uh, what happens if that – where does Ohio State drop to then? Um, and, and where does Ohio State fall into the things versus a Utah or versus an Alabama? That's when it would get really interesting. Um, LSU is probably, I don't want to say a cakewalk to the SEC title game, but more than likely. Um, and what do you do with, with LSU if they lose the SEC title game? Everyone says that they're in, but do you put a one-loss LSU team in over a conference champion Utah? Uh, I tend to think that you do, but you still have a conference champion Utah. That This could get really interesting if one of your top three loses. If one of your top three doesn't lose, I really think it's between uh, – Alabama and Utah, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's um, it, it's it's really it's really going to be interesting. We'll talk about the, the the games coming up this week, but you know you already have um you already have Ohio State. They punched their ticket into the um the the Big Ten championship game. It has is is um Minnesota locked that up right too? So we know it's Minnesota. Yeah, we know it's Minnesota. Ohio nope. State and the nope. big, yeah, it is. Nope. I just, nope. I just, che- I think. Uh, no, I just checked the Wisconsin standing. Can, can't Wisconsin uh, get the tiebreaker with Minnesota if they beat them this week? Uh, I mean, I just checked the standings and it shows Minnesota as division champ. So I don't know. You know, I, I thought was I thought Wisconsin was playing for it this week. I heard on the radio, so maybe uh, I'm wrong, but we'll see. The other thing to note, uh, kind of jumping ahead here, Jim, but the. Ohio State-Michigan game, uh, Michigan has a realistic chance um, if they beat Ohio State at being in the Rose Bowl, um, potentially if, if Ohio State is still an at-large or a top-four playoff team. So there's some potential motivation for Michigan in this game. Oh, there's uh, – well, I mean, not even just the the Big Ten title or the, the, the Rose Bowl intact. In I mean, this is this is a, a something that people have, have – you know, kind of sounded the drum on, on Harbaugh in Michigan, um, f- you know, for the last couple of years is, is that they, um, yeah, I was trying to find out, uh, trying to like double check the, if Minnesota was confirmed or not, which, cause I don't, yeah, I don't see how they could have, um, locked it up because they have one loss in conference. Wisconsin has two. So, uh, you may be right. We'll we'll try and uh, clear that up. Put a post out on the the social media pages. But you know this, not even withstanding getting to the Rose Bowl, just the fact that for years everybody's talked about how you know he he hasn't he hasn't won the rivalry games. You know he ha- he hasn't won the big game anything like that. He's already beat his the, the the two rival games this year. He beat Notre Dame. He beat Michigan State. So you're already above 500 uh on, on that one and and you're um you know you have a winning record against them this year but this is the big one this is obviously the one that you know Ohio State won't you, you know won't let people wear blue in their facility and uh you know people won't you know like to nobody wears red in in Ann Arbor this week so um it you know there, there's there's so much riding on that game so let's quick let's get to the pickums Dave we're, we're kind of bouncing around here um, there's one game on Friday, uh, head to head game, uh, that is number 19 Cincinnati. They're 10 and one at number 18 Memphis at 10 and one, uh, Memphis is an 11 point, uh, home favorite 57 and a half, three thirty on ABC. Um, 
I, I think I like Cincinnati here to at least cover. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen with these AAC games that, um, you know, it tends to just kind of turn into a shootout when you get to the, the, the top, top teams in this conference. Um, so I, I think it's going to come down to it, to a touchdown field goal situation. Um, and I definitely like the over, you know, the, the, again, when those teams get into those shootout games, there, there's not a whole lot of defense going on. Um, and, and I, I, I think there's a potential here for Cincinnati to pull the upset. You know, I think these two teams are pretty close to each other. Wrong. Memphis Memphis wins this straight up. Sorry, I was pulling up standings on my phone. Um, <laughs> I thought that this was the conference that it's true here. But uh, so here's what happens in, in the AAC. Memphis is tied with Navy. Navy, um, I believe, has the tiebreaker with Memphis. I could be wrong on that. Um, but either way, Cincinnati has locked up the American East. So they're in the title game next week. Uh, but I believe I, I might be wrong. I think Memphis now has a tiebreaker with Navy. You'll have to check that. But, um, Cincinnati's in no matter what. And I think Cincinnati plays Memphis next week. if Memphis wins, but if Memphis loses and Cincinnati beats them, then I think Cincinnati plays Navy next week. So this is a whole nother one of how much does Cincinnati really care um, plus, That's I think fair. Cincinnati is pretty overvalued right now um, because they've they've gotten lucky with a uh, a couple of uh, fluke wins. I mean, they just won. Uh, they just beat Temple last week, fifteen to thirteen, uh, because they blocked the extra point and returned it for two points. Uh, they, and then Temple went down and scored again and kicked the extra point for to get to thirteen. So realistically, if Temple makes both extra points, they win that game fourteen thirteen. So stupid stuff like that. But uh, the Cincinnati team has been. Uh, Seahawks-esque lucky. <laughs> uh, hopefully Uncle Mitch will hear that one. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, let's move Let's move to um, Let's move to Saturday here, Dave. Obviously, it, it kicks off at noon. Um, it is uh, on Fox, number one, Ohio State, at number 13, Michigan, of course, Ohio State, 11-0. Uh, they are a, I think, Earlier when I checked, I think I saw it was around nine point favorite. Michigan nine and two. The over under on this one fifty and a half. Um, you know this one, absolutely. Like, all eyes are going to be on this one. I think to me, this is the game to watch this weekend um, in, in college football. I mean, the Iron Bowl's hanging around there too. Um, but you know, Michigan has been playing spectacular football. Um, since halftime in Happy Valley, um, I you know I, I I still don't know if well, I, maybe we'll never know unless unless maybe there's a movie made about Jim Harbaugh in, in ten years, but um, I I don't know what was said at halftime of that game, but they have been a completely different football team uh, since that moment. Shea Patterson looks like a like a good quarterback. Um, the the defense has come alive. Um, everything seems to be clicking, and and I think you know the the advantage of being at Michigan is is obviously going to help them uh, this Saturday. Now, what Ohio State are you going to get? Are you going to get the one that you know put up seventy points on on terrible teams earlier in the year, or are you going to see the one that came out last week and and wasn't super crisp and uh, turned the ball over a few times and and just didn't execute as well? Um, the key to Michigan for for victory here is is a, is is get a hot start. Keep the crowd into it. Make it loud for Ohio State. If Ohio State gets up, you're you're, you're probably looking at a pretty bad situation. Um, 
you know, I, 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 I don't see this thing being a blowout. Michigan pretty healthy, at least compared to the last few years um, in this game. And, you know, I don't, you know, we knew when you have Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh on opposing sidelines what you're going to get out of the two coaches. I don't, I don't know what Ryan Day does in a, in a big game situation. This is, this is the, the 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 big one that he's not coached in before. Um, so I, I I have to tip the edge a bit to to Harbaugh and Michigan here. Um, I'm going straight upset. Um, for multiple reasons. We know the obvious one. Also, I just want chaos in this college football playoff situation because obviously Notre Dame well out of the picture. So get as crazy as you can be. Michigan gets the upset and I'm actually going to take a slight over. So I think, uh, I, I think something that we failed to mention earlier in the show is it's interesting what the committee is doing, moving Ohio state um, ahead of LSU, and, and I think one of the things that what they're doing here is really setting up for if LSU were to go down, um, especially against like a Georgia, um, that I don't that it's going to give them some options on what to do. Versus, I think it's a it, it's harder to take a one a number one and, and, and boot them versus a number two type of thing. Um, so I think that that move is a little bit on that, but I don't really know. Um, but the, the, this week, I, I think you have a low-scoring game here, so I like the under. Um, given that I like the under, I think you're, you're going to see uh, Michigan have some value, catch a 9.5-ish. Um, but the other piece of this is I think you have to take into account the, the, the conference and everything because it's ultimately about money. And the Big Ten wants Ohio State to win this game for the sheer fact that if Ohio State wins out, they're in the, conference, they're, they're in the college football playoff, period. Uh, so I think that you have Ohio State win this by three to seven ish. Uh, keeps the Big Ten happy. Keeps John Harbaugh miserable. Uh, <laughs> so life is good. All right, uh, Dave. I did check this uh, for the game three thirty ABC. Number twelve Wisconsin nine and two. They are two and a half point road favorite uh, at number eight Minnesota at ten and one. Uh, this is for the uh, for the division title. Um, if if Minnesota would have won last week in Iowa. Then they would have, uh, or the, the then they would have been the the division champs. But the Min, Wisconsin controls their their fate here. If they win there, and the winner of this is in um, forty seven and a half is the number. Dave did his homework. Dave did do his homework. Um, yeah, this this one, you know, I, I I is is really kind of a toss up. I you know when you carrying two and a half on the road. You know, it's 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 pretty close to even. Um, obviously, you know, maybe about five to Wisconsin, but um, you know, Minnesota was consistent throughout the year; hadn't been contested. They, they won a close one against Penn State. They lose to Iowa. Um, can they recover? And 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 I, you know, I like to see them in a bounce back spot. Wisconsin has been all over the place. It's kind of what Wisconsin does. You know, they they get. The hype machine going early. They have a couple of losses. They finish strong. Um, I'm going to give the edge to Minnesota again, just being at home to pull the upset here. Um, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a slight, uh, slight under though. Just you know, Minnesota, you know, has a good offense, but you know, Wisconsin, it, it, it comes down to defensive play. Um, so yeah, slight under on this one. Minnesota gets the win. 
we're going to go Wisconsin straight up and we're going to take the over. So uh, just, just throwing this out here that uh, I think we've talked about three games now and uh, we disagree on all three sides <laughs> and on all three totals. So what else is uh, there? <laughs> maybe, maybe if we agree that we should play the lottery, but that's, uh, that's not here nor there. I yeah. like being different than you. <laughs> um, all right. Then we have the iron bowl. Number five, Alabama, 10 and one there, three and a half point uh, road favorite. At number fifteen, Auburn, uh, who comes in at eight and three, fifty is the number on this game. Uh, three thirty on CBS. Um, I, I don't, I don't really, and I know you should kind of throw the the rule book out the window when it's a rivalry like this. I, I just, I don't see Auburn being good enough to get the win. Now, crazy things have happened in in this game. Crazy things have happened at Auburn. Um, the, the three and a half number is really, really kind of stuck out to me, and I and I think that that should kind of tell you what a lot of people think and maybe know and realize about Alabama that you know in their one test they lost, and you know obviously you you have the horrible situation with with two in the injury, um, a great bounce back last week against a FCS team, um, so you know I think for Auburn. Again, like I said with Michigan, fast start because if you can create doubt with that Auburn team, I, th- I think you know with the Alabama team, I think you you are definitely in play. Um, I like I like Auburn to cover, but Alabama to win, and I'm going to take the over here. Hey, we agree on one, Jim. The over. <laughs> we agree on the over, but uh, I I think. Uh, I think uh, Auburn is winning this game straight up and going to uh, put an end to this this uh, this talk about Alabama getting in the playoff. Uh, I will be hedging my my twenty five to one ticket on Auburn this weekend, or my my twenty to one twenty five to one Alabama ticket on Auburn this weekend um, in some fashion. I don't know how much or what yet, but uh, I, I do think that Auburn has a real good chance in this game. Um, a, a lot of these big games, one of the number one things I'd like to do is listen to what the radio and ESPN is talking about. And they are saying how, Auburn, how Alabama is going to have a cakewalk. Mac Jones looked so good last week. Well, he, was, he had a bye week against the practice squad. Like, yeah, come on. Congratulations. <laughs> like they're, they're, I, I don't want to say when they're, they're hyping up Alabama and this is going to be so easy for Alabama. Um, I, I will almost, almost definitely be on Auburn plus four when it gets there. Um, whether I'll be on them straight up or not, I don't know. But uh, I think Auburn is ridiculously alive in this game. The, the question is, can they slow down Alabama's receivers, who are probably who might be the best receiving core in the country? Um, so I think if they can slow them down, they have really, really good life in this game. But if not, um, I still think that they have a chance being at home and everything. And I mean, realistically, this is, I don't want to say Mac Jones' first start in enemy territory, but realistically it is. Yeah, so, yeah um, absolutely. It's just going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but I think uh, I think Auburn is going to take care of Alabama and make Utah's pass to the finals that much nicer. Yeah, because I mean, uh, you know, the the SEC is going to figure itself out in a title game, and uh, yeah, I mean, as long as Utah wins, if if Alabama loses, I think you know Utah holds their own fate. Uh, one more game. What, the, are you, what are you doing next? What are you doing next Friday night if uh, 
Utah's playing uh, USC. I think that's a Friday night uh, Pac-12 title game. I mean, that Dave sounds... might be going crazy depending on what happens. <laughs> that sounds like a uh, good night to go to a sports bar. I know that much. Um, let's uh, let's look at the one more game in college football. Number seven, Oklahoma, ten and one. Their thirteen point uh, road favorite at number twenty-one, Oklahoma State, at eight and three. Sixty-nine and a half uh, is the number. Eight o'clock on Fox. Um, real simple here. Oklahoma knows they need to win. Uh, I like Oklahoma plus and the over. I agree with that. I think uh, I think Oklahoma is gonna knows that they have to run it up and knows that they need style points here. So yeah. uh, I'll take Oklahoma laying the points. And uh, I, I feel like that this is a game that you shouldn't play the over because it seems too obvious and too easy. But uh, playing the unders in uh, Big 12 takes some cojones. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, let's move to the NFL, Dave, here. And a, a story that I that somebody at, at my work brought my attention to, um, there's a, a Cincinnati Bengals fan who uh, who owns a bar in, in, uh, in Cincinnati, and he had made a comment back in week four uh, to his wife that uh, – and, and, and this – this is where those sneaky wives come in. Um, he he made a comment that you know he would uh, be sleeping outside on top of the roof of the bar uh, in a tent uh, until the Bengals won a game. So uh, Jeff Lanham is still on the uh, on the roof of their bar, um, and I said that's a pretty bold claim because you only have a couple of games left, and you could be up there until next fall Jeff so um hopefully for Jeff's sake the uh the the Bengals pull out a win uh because the 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 funny thing about it is he had just said it to his wife and I guess she was on she was at like a tailgate and was being interviewed um by somebody on like the local news and she actually said about the, the the his comment on the news so that's where it really gained headlines and that's what people started calling him out on it so um you have to be careful the things that you say to your wife. Thanks, dear. But, <laughs> Jim, I, there, there's one story in the NFL that I just have to have to bring your attention to. If you dig into your old memory bank, it wouldn't be Thanksgiving weekend if I didn't talk about my Panthers and the last time that my Panthers played on Thanksgiving. Oh, so God if we can sakes. dig into your memory bank. I have have no 30 seconds. I have no recollection of, uh, of the last time the Panthers played on Thanksgiving. I I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was a broken collarbone for Tony Romo. Right. If, uh, if memory serves, I think Tony Romo had two touchdown passes to Luke. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that that's what happened. That's that sounds about right. Um, yeah, that was a rough day. That was a rough day. Um, speaking of the, sorry, but I had to bring that up. Speaking of the Cowboys and rough days and, um, the, uh, the, the wheels are getting a little shaky in big D, uh, Jerry calling out, uh, Jason Garrett, um, and, uh, the, the phantom tripping calls that shouldn't have been called the, and I love when the NFL does this and I, and I understand that, um, I, I guess they kind of have to, um, to you know admit when they were wrong but the 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 NFL um contacted the Cowboys today and said yeah those two tripping calls weren't actually tripping shouldn't have been made um so uh you know of course let the conspiracy theories do their job I'm not I'm not going to be one of those the Cowboys weren't good enough to win but 
um, derailed by by because I I actually pulled the stats, Dave, and and um, you know we are through twelve weeks of the season. There's been nine tripping calls in 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 the NFL this year. Three of which have been against the Dallas Cowboys. Two of which occurred this past Sunday. So, um, just uh, just a little fact and stat number to uh, to stick up there. Um, but again, well, it sounds like a pattern that they have one third of overall tripping calls in the NFL. It sounds like they're uh, yeah some some tripping. kind of some kind of pattern or just the officiating is pathetic and terrible, um, especially when two of those shouldn't have been called. So. Um, but no, again, officiating, you know, we're not, we're not going to kind of go down that road again. It's, it's, it's a continuous, it's a continuous problem in the NFL. Not, not only calls that shouldn't be made over calling, not calling things that should be it. And, and you know, the, the thing for me, Dave, and, and I was, I was talking, um, I was talking to, to my wife about this earlier is like the thing that I would, I would just love to see is if, you have a you have a crew because everybody's going to make mistakes. You know, I've umpired, uh, you know, modified pitch softball, and it is not as easy to stand behind the plate and actually make a call as as everybody wants you to believe it is. Uh, but the, the the if you have a crew or a certain official or something like that that is continuing to make bad call after bad call, or a crew has continuous problems for the NFL to actually issue some sort of discipline on them. I mean, they issue discipline down on players all the time for various reasons, but there's, to me, there's not the same level of accountability that comes back on the officials. Oops, sorry. I was on mute there. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with you. And again, the thing that we've been harping on all, all along is just give us some type of consistency. Sure. Like, I don't care if you're going to call 20 penalties a game. Um, yes, it would make it a little bit more unwatchable. But this drives me absolutely insane that I don't know what a penalty is. And the other piece, and I'm going to harp on this again, but this is 2020 now, basically. You can't tell me that you can't put a little RFD chip at the goal line and an RFD chip in uh, the balls to say, hey, yes, this is a first down. Hey, no, this is not a first down. This is a touchdown. Yeah. This is not rocket science. <laughs> like, this is this is a simple fix. And, and if you didn't have to measure for first downs or review if the ball crossed the plane, what more do you – what more uh, – how much quicker would the games go? I mean, we lose three to four reviews as a goal line every damn game, and it adds mm-hmm. 10 to 15 minutes to the game, and it's just dead time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree. Start utilizing technology for what it is. But yeah, in terms of time, I don't know what a penalty. I still don't know what a catch is. You know, I, there was a, a catch um, in the in the Monday night game last night. I was I was watching it uh, with with uh, some coworkers, and they're like, "Well, that has to be a catch." Or one guy's like, "Well, I'm not sure." I'm like, "Look, ever since Des Bryant and Green Bay, I don't know what a catch is and what isn't, and I don't think anybody does because the NFL has made it so convoluted, and and there's so much verbiage. There's so you know, there's so many factors of. You know, is it two steps now or is it three steps? Can it, can you tuck a ball? Can you not tuck a ball? Uh, you know, can you go to the ground and roll over the ball? Like, there, there's too much to it. You know, and 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 what is a is is this holding? Is this not? Is this a face mask? Is this not? It, it's the and and I think we've talked about it over the course of this show. Is they've they've almost made 
too many rules that you can't you can't enforce the easy ones anymore because they're they're too busy focusing on okay well you know this this is the new this rule and and then they forget what a basic hold is or something like that it, you know the, when you have too many things going on you forget the basics i agree so it's just i mean we're on agreement that you need to simplify it but the the bigger question and the million dollar probably billion dollar question is how do you do it and i don't really know what the answer is um, because you can't just say, okay, we're going back to 2005 rules, right. uh, but you got to simplify it somehow. Um, but how you do that, I have no clue how, and, uh, I'll be the first to admit that there needs to be a change, but I don't know what the solution is, which is one of the number one things that drives me insane, uh, in the workplace is when you're like, Hey, you need to change something, but you don't give me a solution on it. Right. So I'm doing exactly what, what drives me insane, but I'm also admitting that I don't know what the solution is. So that's at least a slightly better angle to take i guess but uh yeah we're in agreement that we need a uh we need a change all right let's go we're gonna do six games this week because you got you know you got three games on thursday we're gonna add a bonus one in there because you know who doesn't love more football uh starting with thursday uh in what i think is going to be the in the the best game on thursday um and that is the bills of the cowboys bills eight and three cowboys six and five the Cowboys six and a half point home favorite. Forty five uh, is the over under. Four thirty on CBS. Um, I don't. I don't think you could use the 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 phrase "must win" um, for Dallas right now, and and it be any more appropriate. And it's not because you know. I mean, the Eagles are a game behind you, but I think just the the the, the culture and the tone and the tenor when you have when you have your owner slash general manager calling out your head coach uh, publicly on a Sunday night after you lose to New England, um, y- you have to start writing the ship or this thing this thing's going to go down hard. Um, which, I mean, from a Cowboys fan perspective, is, is probably the better option uh, because then you might actually make a coaching change. Um, but here Buffalo comes in, great defense. Uh, that offense is really kicking with tempo. Um, the Cowboys again, can't get off to a slow start. Uh, I do like the bills to cover. I'm going to take the Cowboys to win and I'm going to take the over. I think, I think the Cowboys offense gets back on track. I agree with you on the over here, but, uh, disagree with you on the game. I think that this is one that the Cowboys are going to name it. Uh, assuming that Garrett isn't a complete and utter idiot. Um, you have like the, the bottom uh, bottom five rush defense here that this Bills team is vastly overrated based on the opponents that they've played. I mean, look at their schedule and tell me their best win that they have. Oh, yeah, they don't uh, have Quite one. frankly, it might be last week against the Denver Broncos. But uh, Zeke should be able to name it uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, as much as he wants to run, he should be able to. The Eagles ran for like 290 yards or something against the Bills, and the Eagles can't run the damn ball. So... Um, just take that into consideration that I think that as long as Garrett, Jason Garrett here, the clapper, is not a freaking moron and runs the damn ball, the Eagles should, or the Cowboys should be able to name it this week, and they should score at will against this Buffalo Bills team. There's a lot of shoulds there, and and that's where you, as a uh, outsider of this situation, me as a Cowboys fan, uh, our our mindsets are a little bit different. All right, let's move to Sunday here, Dave. Uh, the Titans Just six. Be happy you're not playing the Panthers. <laughs> the Titans six and five uh, travel to the Indianapolis Colts, who are also six and five, and, and is what all of a sudden is a very tight um, AFC South. 
Uh, the Colts are two and a half point home favorite. Forty three and a half is the number. One o'clock on CBS. Um, you know the 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 Colts obviously have have had the up and down season with the quarterback position. Brissett seems to be getting healthy. Um, the you know with Mac going out, they they didn't miss a beat though. Uh, last week with the uh, the replacement of Marlon Mack. But, man, these Titans have been alive since Ryan Tannehill came in. And, yes, stop, marinate on that one for a second. The Titans have come alive with Ryan Tannehill. How bad is Marcus Mariota? Um, just just wild to think that a couple of years ago, Heisman Trophy and, uh, and now is getting supplanted by Tannehill. Um, I'm actually going to go – I'm going to go Titans – with the straight-up upset here, uh, and I'm going to take the over on this one. Tighten up. I'm going to let that comment alone. But <laughs> um, what, Number one question I had, and we were tossing this one around at work, and I'm glad that you picked this game in, or threw this game into the picks, but what would this Colts team be with Andrew Luck this year? There was a lot of people that were really high on them, but – what would this team be with Andrew Luck, assuming he was able to stay healthy all year, considering they're sitting here at six and five? Um, I don't think that he gets them, you know, to eleven and one or 10, eleven and zero, ten and one at this point. But a couple of the games where they were, came out extremely flat, they, that wouldn't have happened with Luck being his leadership. Um, they would have beat the Dolphins probably. So there's seven and four. They probably get one or two more wins in there, and, and you're probably talking about this this Colts team at at. 10 and 10 and maybe 10 and 10 and one, but nine and two, um, they probably don't lose to the Raiders at home either. So, I mean, I think if luck was here, this, this would be a very interesting team here. Um, but going, going, uh, back to the game here, I think that, uh, the, the Titans team has been very, very hot and is the, um, quote unquote, sexy dog for the week that it seems like everyone's picking this Titans team. The Titans, Titans are going to come in and upset the Colts and, this Colts team's on long rest from playing the uh, Texans on uh, Thursday night last week. So uh, there's some advantage there. Uh, and I also think that this coaching staff for the Colts is extremely undervalued and underrated. So based on those two reasons alone, uh, I'm going with the Colts with the extra rest, the coaching advantage. And then uh, I'm going to take the under being a divisional game. All right, fair enough. We move to 1 o'clock on Fox, the 10-1 uh, San Francisco 49ers travel to Charm City. The 9-2 Baltimore Ravens, two-and-a-half point uh, home favorite, if I have that correct. I thought I saw that number being a little bit higher. You might want to check me on that it's one. To, it's up to almost six. Okay, wow. Okay, well, maybe I just mistyped something. It was a long day. Uh, 46 is the over-under on this one. Uh, we'll go with six as the number. Um you know, obviously, you know, I've I've been I've been sounding the Ravens are are, are the best team in football alarm, and I, and I I do really think they are right now. I mean, a couple of weeks ago uh, when they lose to the Browns, you know, it was a little bit of a different story. Um, the the 49ers, obviously, with a huge statement this past weekend against Green Bay, but as you and I have talked about, how good is that Green Bay team? You know, I you know it's 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 a, it's a week to week thing. The NFC is is completely wide open the 49ers are, are the, the the team that's out in front but I, I i i any team any week you know could honestly come out of the nfc it wouldn't shock me if the number two wild card team went the whole way or the number one wild card team like it, it, it's it's the, the nfc's all over the place i like the ravens here i like the ravens a lot 
you know, not even the whole traveling east, early game for the West Coast guys. Um, there's a lot of factors in this one. The Ravens are rolling. They're having a lot of fun. I'm taking them. I'm taking the plus, and I'm taking the over. This team's going to keep rolling. You know, things that really freaking piss me off is when there's a really good freaking spot and opportunity coming up to bet, and then one team just screws the pooch the prior week. <laughs> Thank you, Jared Goff. <laughs> I was ready to lay the damn hammer on the Ravens this weekend for the second time this year. And Jared Goff just had to be like a little freaking schoolgirl out in a skirt trying to throw gosh darn dang football down the field. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping to get that two and a half with the Ravens at home and do all my Christmas money and everything because that was <laughs> going to be an absolute bang time again. But no, here we sit at six where there's absolutely no value in the number, even though the Ravens probably cover this by double digits because it just seems to be what they're doing. Okay, ran over. There you go. I do have a preseason future on the San Francisco 49ers. So um, I I think that this is an absolute terrible spot for the Niners. They have a big game next week. I want to say that they have Seattle next week. I could be wrong about that. I think they do. Um, So this is an absolute sandwich spot that I don't know that uh, San Francisco even gets off the plane uh, to play the Ravens. Uh, You you cannot bet San Francisco this week. If if, if there's one thing you you learn from this podcast (laughs) – you cannot bet San Francisco this week. They have the they have, have the Saints. Baltimore. They have the Saints next week. They close the season the next week. with Seattle. But this is this is the least important of the three game stretch here. Um, the the Green Bay was vital for the wild card. San Francisco or not wild card, but home field advantage. San Francisco is going to be vital for home field advantage. And then you have the Ravens here that that really I don't want to say it doesn't mean anything, but it, compared to those two, it's way less important. So. Sure. Um, I agree with you. You have to take uh, you have to take Baltimore here, and the over should be good just because both teams have uh, scored pretty easily. Uh, San Francisco has been an over machine the past ten games or so, but uh, do not bet San Francisco this week, even if this number covers. This number is already inflated for Baltimore, um, but this number is just too high. And if, if San Francisco does cover, cover great, but you cannot bet them this week given the spot. All right, let's go to uh, four twenty-five on CBS. The Oak Vegas Raiders at six and five travel to Kansas City, seven and four. Uh, Kansas City, a ten-point home favorite, fifty-one and a half uh, is the number. Um, you know, this Raiders team, man, week to week to week, try and figure them out. At times, they look like they are absolutely just ready to jump on the bullet train and travel straight to relevancy. Uh, and then they go to the Meadowlands and lose to the Jets and lose and just get their asses kicked. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. Um, I mean, that was that was Jets kicking the Dallas Cowboys ass level of an of an ass kicking. Um, you know, so I you know again, it's I'm going to steal your cliche here of you know you're you're not as bad as you just look. You're not as good. Uh, as you just look. So um, I, I think the Raiders have Side a good... Note, did you see the uh, Sam Darnold celebration stories? No. Oh, God. You'll, uh, have to, you'll have to surf that on Twitter. He might have mono again. Oh, but, my uh, there God. Were some, there were some unbelievable stories coming about at, oh. uh, coming out about how he was uh, <laughs> chugging beers and uh, finding some ladies at the club, and a couple yeah. of the linemen were, like, bodyguarding him. Nice. And there you go, Sam. Went, <laughs> Living, living the New York life living, there. Yeah, living the big the, life. 
All right, let's. Hell, but, it's the first time in a decade that the Jets have won three games in a row. I think. Right. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm looking here. You know, Kansas City uh, coming off the bye week. You, you know, the Raiders are still in play in that division. Um, but you give Kansas City a week off. You know, I know Tyreek Hill needed a week off to get healthy. Um, you know, Mahomes obviously could use the rest of this time of year with his with his knee. Um, I think this is a this is a terrible spot, even in a bounce back spot for the for the Raiders. Um, I I, I will give him a. You know what? I'm not even going to give him a slight cover. Give me the Chiefs plus in the over. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing. Chiefs and over. Pretty simple, I think. All right, yeah. Let's go to uh, Sunday night. You have the New England Patriots ten and one. They're a three-point uh, road favorite uh, at Houston, 7-4. and 44-and-a-half four. is number 820 on NBC. Um, you know, I, I've, I've said for so many times, I, like, I can't hate the Patriots because they've never done anything to hurt me, and I, that still stands. But when you, when you, you look at it, the, this Patriots team, I get that they have three more wins than Houston, but they are just... They are not very good right now, and I get they're winning. So, like, it's that old adage of you know, you know, no style points in the NFL wins a win and all of that. Um, I like Houston here. You know, I, I think New England has been, you know, really just kind of skirting by. Their only touchdown drive this past week was twelve yards. Um, so, I, I like Houston here. Houston has to keep pace. And, and stay ahead of the other teams in their division. So they're going to be cognizant. They're going to be aware of, you know, obviously one of those teams is likely to win. I mean, I guess I guess Tennessee and, and uh, the Colts could tie. But, you know, you, you're, you're, you're going to pay attention. You're going to know what you need to do. You want to keep pace ahead of the teams in your division. I like the Texans here, uh, and I'm going to take the over. Can we just uh, keep getting New England to be this vastly overrated team so I can keep <laughs> betting against them and losing money? It's great. I feel like um, you're being a little sarcastic. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've I've been pretty spot on with New England games except for the Philadelphia game, and they realistically should have covered um, Philadelphia. That is covered against New England, but uh, New England's defense. Um, this is this is going to be a very interesting matchup because New England's defense the. The quarterbacks are pretty damn good to be back. Safeties are pretty good, but I think you have an opportunity to run the ball. And Tennessee, or not Tennessee, Houston is uh, pretty good at running the ball. So they should have some success running the ball here. But uh, I don't know that this is going to be one of the best receiving cores that those D-backs have faced all year. So it'll be interesting to see how truly good and tested they are. Um, But I also agree with you that there is something not right with the New England offense here. And this might be the game that it shows up. Uh, Definitely, I grabbed uh, four and a half when it was available earlier this week, so uh, I do have a four and a half ticket with uh, Tennessee on it already. But uh, I, I don't know if that's the the true position I'm going to have at the time of the game. I, I might come back on on New England minus three just because uh, one of the things that really scares me in this game is the the thorough coaching advantage that New England has. Um, Billy O'Brien is a complete idiot compared to Billy Belichick. So <laughs> um, there, there's a huge coaching mismatch, and, and while Everything checks the box on the Texan squad. That coaching mismatch is is so magnificent that it might um, it might be enough to swing the game. So um, I'm going Texans with catching the points. Uh, 
I, I could I could see the Texans straight up upset, but Bill Bill O'Brien will do something dumb that'll let Belichick <laughs> in the game, and that's all he needs. So, um, Patriots by a field goal and the under. All right, let's go to Monday night. You have the Minnesota Vikings eight and three traveling to Seattle nine and two. Uh, Seattle a three point home favorite. Uh, Forty nine is the number on this one. Of course, eight fifteen on ESPN. Um, you know, Uncle Mitch and I were we're having a little back and forth. Uh, about this Seattle team today on uh, on on Twitter because if the uh, playoff started today, the Cowboys would play the Seahawks um, in uh, in Dallas, and and we had a little fun there. Um, you know, I, I've 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 been obviously vocal. You and I both have that that we think that, that this Seattle team um, is probably one of, in our opinions, one of the more fraudulent uh, good teams. Um, in in recent memory, you know they, they've they've had a lot of close, terrible wins. Um, they've had a couple of bad losses, um, and and you know of course they they were the only team to beat San Francisco. Yes, I, I'm well aware of that. Um, and but I was quick to remind Mitch today that the Dolphins beat the Patriots in the regular season last year. So one week in a regular season game um, is not going to be enough to convince me that, that that you're a great team. Is Seattle good? Absolutely. Are they? Um, are they one of the, the, th- the four or five best teams in the NFL? I don't think so. I think they're right there in the middle, regardless of their record. Um, all that being said, I, I think Minnesota's right there with them as, as one of the middle, middle of the road teams. I think that's reflected in this number at minus three for, for Seattle and tell me on a neutral field, they're probably pretty even, um, you know, and it, for Seattle always have been talked about their defense. Well, guess what? You have a really good defense coming into town. So I actually like Minnesota to pull the upset here because of their defense and because it's probably going to be more of a defensive matchup because Kirk Cousins is uh, just okay. I'm going to take Minnesota and the under uh, on Monday night. Yeah, I don't like the Seattle team at all. I would actually uh, really like to see the Cowboys versus the the Seahawks uh, in the first round of the playoffs. We could watch that game together because I would uh, (laughs) – I would be heavily invested on on the clapper, and I don't know if I'd like that or not. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I like good, that or uh, not either. Eh, I don't know. But uh, the, this cowboy or this now you got me talking about the cowheads again. But uh, <laughs> the this this Seahawks team is an absolute fraud. I mean, they're they're ten and two. They have uh, I think they're oh they're nine and two. Sorry about that. Side note: I do have an under Seattle uh, regular season win ticket at nine and a half. Still alive, baby. Um, but the, uh, the, the Seahawks are, are, have nine wins and they, they have outscored their, their net points are 29 to the plus, I believe. Um, so they, they have essentially scored 30 more points than their opponents for the whole year. Like that's not a 10 and two team that, or nine and two team that equates to like a, a seven and six to one game over 500 type of team. So, um, Seahawks team is overrated. Let's just go back to week one. They were outgained by 250 plus yards and won by one point against the Bengals. You want to talk about one play defining a season? <laughs> How much different would it have been if they didn't win that opening game? Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, I hate the Seahawks, but I'm I'm betting on them this week. Not betting on them, but I'm taking them in the podcast because I can't trust Kirk Cousins on the road. Although I think he <laughs> makes very valid points, and I think that I would be very happy should that happen. Um, but. Uh, this was probably going to be a Monday night game where I sit back and watch that little interest in this one because there's so many variables. And again, 
Minnesota's the right side here, but Kirk Cousins on the road. Uh, all right, Dave, before we wrap up here, um, obviously a little bit somber news in Central PA uh, this past weekend, longtime ABC 27 uh, sports director and and um, all around uh, you know kind of fun guy. If you ever watched um, his sports report, Greg Mays passed away uh, over the weekend. So we, of course, want to um, wish his family and friends and colleagues, uh, of course, our uh, well wishes. Uh, I know they had the memorial service today at the uh, at the Giant Center um, forum. Looked like it was it was pretty well attended. I know uh, they had a stream of it, and you can watch it at ABC 27's website. But uh, you know, he he was always kind of a quirky guy, but you could tell like his love and passion, uh, of course, for um, the Orioles and Penn State, and, and obviously the the Hershey Bears, Harrisburg Senators as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think one of the things that uh, really stood out is that uh, I think I saw that he was at 55 straight Orioles season home openers mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's just uh, that, that's just Greg to a T there um, with, with his passion for sports and his passion for his Orioles and the, the local teams. So uh, definitely going to miss seeing his coverage and his uh, his excitement, especially around the Bears when they were uh, winning Calder Cups and everything. You remember how excited he got. So uh, definitely echo everything that you said, but uh, he will definitely be missed. Yeah, it's uh, I, I put the uh, I put the Orioles flag that is normally reserved for baseball season. I put it up in the studio here tonight uh, for him. So uh, of course, our well wishes to him, Dave. Uh, we're going to close it up here. Let people know um, where they can uh, follow you. Yeah, we're uh, we're at Twitter or on Twitter at uh, Huddle Up Dave. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone, and uh, we'll chat with you in uh, in about seven days here. And uh, go Utes. All right, Dave, we appreciate it, man. Um, I guess I will see you on Friday, um, and uh, and we'll talk to you next week. I'll have the beer nice and cold for you, Jim, and it'll be uh, Southwest Brown, too. <laughs> All right, see you, bud. That is going to do it for us this week, and uh, again, we hope that everyone, uh, no matter when you catch this show, you have a great and wonderful Thanksgiving. Um we, uh, we're, we're glad you support us. Make sure you're following us and subscribe to us on the podcast feeds. Also, make sure you uh, follow us on social media on Twitter and Facebook at Huddle Up Podcast. I'm at Big Jim Sports. Check out our home network, NGSE Sports, and the sponsor of this show, Alicia's Pillows and Things. They got great decor. They got stools. They got pillows. They got full body pillows and much, much more sports teams, movie characters, TV characters, comic characters, custom orders. Check them out. Go to NGSCSports.com, find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage, and place your order. Guys, again, happy Thanksgiving. We will be back here next week. Stay safe, stay smart, enjoy the turkey, and go for the win.